1: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
2: Hey guys, I'm Jackie Goldschneider. I'm Jen Fessler. And we are two Jersey Jays, and we have pretty juicy... For you today,
3: I think that it's like the episode in my mind is like one that I would want to talk about or hear about. I'd want to listen to this episode because I think it's, um, there's so much to say about it. We're talking about money, yes, we're talking about money.
2: And since we are in the housewives world, we're going to start there, yeah. Um, so I think that the housewives have become synonymous with having a lot of money, but I don't think that that's actually so true.
3: Um, I think that part of the appeal of The Housewives, and as a viewer, I think I felt this way too, is watching women who, you know, supposedly had it all. A lot of that had to do with money, but also looks and, you know, the perfect husbands and children, blah, 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 and then sort of watching their demise because I think we are so uh, caught up in, as a culture, money. And there's so much that affects us in terms of like our own self-worth in terms of money. So... I almost feel like the housewives show that money doesn't buy happiness.
2: Yes, but um, I originally thought that like all the housewives had a lot of money and that is just absolutely not the case. And what I have found in recent years is that people who look like they have a ton of money, a lot of times it's... It's just a lot of spending of money that people don't necessarily have. Now, listen, there are people on these shows that legit have a ton of money. And I have no, I have no privy to anyone's bank account. So I'm just guessing. But if I had to guess, I would say that it's definitely like Lisa Vanderpump, definitely
3: rich. Kyle, rich. Right. Suntrack, rich. Right. Handy. Yes, of course. Yes. Um, and then there are those of us who are not, you know, flying our own private jets and are, I think, comfortable with that and represent ourselves accurately. And I think there are those that cry to fake it. And
2: yeah, I mean, well, for documented news stories about many people. And I'll tell you who I just, in my head, it's so crazy to me that they don't have much money was this whole thing with Croy and Kim. Now, I didn't watch Atlanta when she was on it. I Actually, I there's a few Housewives shows I don't watch. Atlanta's one of them, so I don't really know the people on there, but I know that Kim was on Atlanta Housewives for what, five seasons? And then she had her own show for I think eight seasons. He was in
3: Party for the Party. Yes. Cutest Did name. you watch that? I watched a little bit of it and I definitely watched when Kim was on it and she was involved with that older guy. They called him oh. Dad.
2: Big daddy, a big daddy, big daddy, you know, daddy. Yeah. or
3: something. And I mean, that's an interesting study right there, right? right. I mean, just, she had an NFL contract Roy that did. paid him right. like
2: billions of dollars also. And I mean, they're broke. She's selling her wigs
3: on eBay. Yeah. So how do you go
2: from all that
3: income? Isn't it interesting? It's the thing potentially, I don't know, that, that brought her so much money was representing herself as a rich woman, right? And that's the thing that is part of what made her so interesting, watching her in the biggest state, watching her dripping in diamonds. And so to keep that up, I, I'm I'm not their financial advisor, but I guess she put forth too much effort in terms of like showing and being showy. And then she didn't have anything to back it up or, or it all went away because she was so busy showing off her wealth. I don't but know. I think I'm, a
2: lot of people think that being on the show itself is going to um, bring you the kind of money that you're presenting which you don't really have right so but that that really doesn't happen like it's very rare I think to make enough money on this show that you can catch up to what you're presenting do you get what I'm saying and
3: why and the bigger picture right like why does it matter so
2: much right why does it matter well I think it used to matter a lot more than it does now I think it used to be that housewives were synonymous with having a lot of money maybe not like billion like not sudden money but like Living in a really big house, driving your Range Rover, you know, occasionally flying on a private jet. Now, I think it's different. It
3: is different now. It definitely has changed. Having said that, I also see a lot of the housewives representing themselves as down to earth, relatable. I don't have as much money as you guys do. and The women that are doing that have still beautiful lives. They may not live in estates with yachts and private jets, but they live in beautiful homes. They have enough, they have enough to, you know, dress themselves up. And, and yet there's this whole, I feel like even just recently with um, Salt Lake City, that whole piece of it that, you know, Monica didn't like whatever was happening with the ring. You you saw it, right? Melt it. She was, that rubbed her the wrong way. And she had to buy a Louis bag or something so that she didn't feel inferior when they all went on trip. But this whole sort of, and, and that people could relate to that, right? But Monica still, I don't know Monica. I don't know what she has in her bank, but she still lives. It looks to me like a really nice life. She has four kids. There's food on the table. She seems to take very good care of herself. She's driving around in a Range Rover. Um, so, you know, that that sort of feeling that maybe if I have less, that makes me more authentic and relatable. And I don't think that's true either.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's true either. But I will tell you, I think that people love seeing a downfall. I
3: mean, it's part of the whole yes. like, cancel
2: culture. But like when Erin got sued, I have no... I'm not taking a side on who's telling the truth in this one. But um, when Erin got sued, Erin from New York, by her landlord for unpaid rent, um, and it was all over the news, I think people love that kind of stuff. That kind of, ooh, maybe she's not who she says she is. Yeah. Whenever there's a story about Dorit in
3: the news, whenever there's a story about... Erica Jean in the news. Well, that's yeah. because I think that it's natural for us. Unfortunately, part of what makes a human a human is sometimes feelings of jealousy, feelings of wanting more, not being content, um, comparing yourself to others. I think that is, you know, something I try to fight against it, but it's also I do the same thing, right? Like I can look at a woman who is so uber wealthy, like a Reed or a Kyle Richards and say to my Self, you know, wow, you know, i like my own jet. i like my own yacht. And the truth is I am blessed above and beyond. I have everything I need. My kids have food on the table. Um, you know, God forbid someone gets sick in my family, I'll have enough money to fly them to wherever the hospital, the best hospital is. That's what counts, right? Money doesn't buy happiness, but yet still we covet these things. And whether it's right or wrong, I think everyone has like a certain degree of that, right? And it's um it's hard to fight against it. But specifically with the housewives, it's so showy. Everybody's trying so hard to show so much. Yes, right. on our cast included, but we
2: won't go into detail on that. So I think that also, um, you know, we live in towns where money is everywhere and 100%. people like to show off. I mean- New Jersey people like their big cars and their big yeah. lives, and yeah. and they like to live large. And so it's hard to separate yourself from it. It's not just housewives' mm-hmm. world. It's suburbs. It's in the cities. It's everywhere.
3: I grew up in sort of a unique financial situation. My parents were divorced when I was like three, and I uh, moved with my mom and my sister to Sugarland, Texas. Um, my mother was a secretary. Now we would say assistant. And we just didn't have a lot. We lived in a very small house. Um, I remember, you know, kids in junior high lived in Sugar Creek. And I would go through these gates and see these homes. And I would just, you know, feel less than. And my dad at the time in the eighties was very, very wealthy. So I would fly to see him and he was um literally his, his apartment was across from the Met, 1010, Fifth Avenue in the city. And then he had a an estate in Bedford. Um, and eventually he ended up living in Trump Tower for a while. And when I was about 19, uh, we had been named mitzvah. So I hadn't been bought mitzvah. It was myself and my sister and my half brother. Anyway, it was on the Queen Elizabeth. It was like on the front page of the Metropolitan section. And Ivan Boski like flew a private jet onto the ship. It was over wow. the top, right? And then my father. Didn't have money, but but my point is, it was always sort of that back and forth, and that sort of I don't know. I used to have so much financial insecurity. Like you know, I wake up sometimes in my twenties and be afraid. Like I would have these nightmares about like being under the bridge with nowhere to live, and you know, being or being being homeless or just struggling. And I don't know. I um. Part of why I think I'm so grateful that we have what we have now. And again, we're not bazillionaires, but it's just the safety that comes with having money.
2: Yeah, I have a weird relationship with money. I've always had a weird relationship with money. And I think it also stems from my childhood. So when I first got on the show, I was really uncomfortable showing off my wealth. I didn't want the producers to know that I had money. I just wanted to seem like I was like, regular suburban well off right um i drove a minivan at the time it wasn't even a new minivan and it was like very stereotypical like goldfish on the floor shit everywhere bird poop on the windows and um you know my house is beautiful oh but it's God, not it no <laughs> Dang. and it's my house is beautiful but it's not like you know a ridiculous house at Right. So um, I think that my second season, when I took the ladies to my Hamptons house, which is quite a beach house, yeah. um, they were like, wait, what? Because everyone assumed that I was like the poor one on the cast. Right. And they were like, does Jackie have money? I remember I was listening to another podcast and they said that they think that I was like the first housewife ever to pretend that I had less money than I actually have, which was really funny. But I grew up with a really weird relationship with money because I grew up, the first part of my childhood was in Staten Island, New York, which was very, very, uh, we were very middle class. We had like a small home. um, And, you know, like, we just didn't have a ton of money. Like, me and my friends, like we would play in our garages. And then my parents, their businesses really took off. And they wanted to move out of Staten Island. So they bought a McMansion in New Jersey. And it was one of the first homes on in the new development in this new area of the town. And we were like the only house on the block. And I was really isolated. My parents, who are wonderful people, but they... Dropped me off at this house and they were like, okay, we're going to work full time. And I had no friends. I had no rides to go anywhere. And I moved to this McMansion and I was very isolated. I was very lonely. I had no friends. I was at a new school um, and I money essentially Suddenly we were wealthy and I was so miserable whereas I was so happy in Staten Island is that interesting? and I was so miserable as yeah,
3: friends and laughing and yes as a kid that's everything you it, don't give a shit about how big the house is
2: and I think I resented all the money and then to pile on top of that my parents continued to make a lot of money and when I was in college one day the IRS came in And raided my mother's business and shut everything down. And then I had to watch my parents go to trial for tax evasion and wonder how much jail time they were going to get and watch them get sentenced. And it was horrific. Yeah, you're screwed. So I think that I felt like when I didn't have the money, I was so much happier. I was just happier. And then when I had all the money... Nothing about it brought me happiness, so I was always very, very scared.
4: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
2: I want to tell you something really, really interesting. So I never would spend money, right? And I had this thing where I would always hold on to money and I never wanted to spend it on anything. And so um, when I, a few years ago, I don't know if you guys um, followed my story, my personal story or read my book, The Weight of Beautiful, but I recovered from a 20-year really severe anorexia. Um, I recovered... About two and a half years ago, I chose to recover. And when I first went into therapy, my therapist, I didn't want to do so many sessions because I didn't want to spend all that money on therapy. It was all part of me hanging on to all my money. So she said to me, you know, if you can't afford it, we can, you know, work out a payment plan. And I said, no, I can, I can afford it.
3: You just don't want to. I just didn't
2: want to spend the money. And she... Opened my eyes to the most interesting fucking thing. It's called, and it's a legit thing. It's called financial anorexia, and it's the same way that you think about food. Like when you're anorexic or any kind of dieting, like you, I was hoarding my calories. So like I wouldn't eat all day, and then at night I would have enough to make me not feel super hungry anymore. And um, I was always like saving calories, and I wouldn't eat, and like I, I was just afraid to eat because I was afraid it would spiral. And I was the same way with money. I was afraid to let go of any of my money because I was so afraid that something bad would happen. I think that's
3: how, um, I don't know that he has financial anorexia, but I think for a lot of people like my husband, like Jeff, he works so hard and he is successful. And yet I, if it were up to him, we would spend nothing because, and I don't think it's about, I really sort of hate this part because it's, I feel like Jews are always labeled when it comes to money. Right. Yeah. And Jeff Tessler's not cheap. He would spend everything on his kids in two seconds, but like the little things he gets concerned about. And I think that's about financial insecurity. It's, you know, I think that he's for whatever reason, whatever background he comes from, he's always scared of running out. Right. Or like what's going to happen if I don't have enough, especially as the primary breadwinner. I think a lot of men, you know, identify also with how much money that they make. That's maybe for another day. Yeah. But I think a lot of people have fear when it comes to money, and then there are those, by the way, who I think you know have so much. There's so much excess, and feel good. The more they have, the better they feel about themselves, right? I don't think
2: you're projecting that. I don't know. Do you think that's true? Like, there are people in the housewives' world that definitely keep accumulating and accumulating. There are people on our cast that have 15 cars lined up in front of their house.
3: I don't. I don't know. Does that, could that possibly make someone happy? No, wait, I didn't, that is not, believe me. I don't, I think that everything that people say, right? It's so cliche that money doesn't buy happiness. A hundred percent. I do not think it buys happiness. I think that though people are sometimes their esteem is fed by things. Yes, I do. And and it's never lasting. It can't last. Like when I moved into this house, um, we were bidding on this house and I walked into it and I thought, if we get this house, for whatever reason, I just loved it. I still do. I will never have an unhappy day. Well, about three days into owning this house, something came up. I mean, I don't even remember what it was, but I'm just saying it's not, that's not realistic things. Of course. And we know this, right. Things don't make us happy. But having said that things, especially in today's day, and especially, yes, in the world of housewives have become so important. I always say to myself, um, when I'm watching Beverly Hills, there's like, like the Birkin bag is like the eighth housewife. I don't know how many housewives there are, right? It should have, right? It's like, well, it's like a friend of a housewife. It shouldn't, it shouldn't hold a diamond, but it has like its own importance, right? I can
2: argue that the friends of the housewives are
3: the most important. Part. Fair enough, well, fair <laughs> enough. But like, I feel like the Birkin bag is really like the eighth Beverly Hills housewife. And like, you know, who has one, you know, like they'll, they'll do a shot of one, then they'll put a hundred thousand dollars underneath. Um, Or Garcelle got one, but she got maybe a used one, and we know how much that cost. And it's all about you know when the new ones come in, and it's an interesting thing, right? Like Birkenbag can cost a hundred thousand dollars. Is that okay? I don't know. You could feed a small country with that. But guess what? I have excess. There's somebody else who I'm I listen to on TikTok who TikTok who talks about like the Kardashians and how bad it is for girls today to. Watch their lives because they live with so much excess, and it's so obnoxious and so bad. Uh, they're such a bad example, but yet that person has so much. There's so much excess in her own life, right? Yeah. So it's who her you're person, talking about.
2: To well, you guys, person
3: will remain nameless. But doesn't like to say her name. No, I don't like to say anyone's okay, name. Okay. I really don't. It's not. Okay. You guys know what I'm talking about. It doesn't. You don't have to name people, but the point is that, like, you know, some when is excess okay and when is it not? Like, I, I don't like know the it's answer okay. to Like To be
2: okay with the shit we see on social media because nobody has to live their lives for our approval. So we all have to be okay with it. I just, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of people who are presenting a life that they don't really live. That,
3: I think that some of my happiest friends, and who knows, I don't know how to measure that, but like some of my friends that seem at least to me so content are the ones who maybe could live larger, but they live smaller lives by choice, right? Like they don't have anything to prove and they, they have other, whatever it is that brings them happiness, you know, it's not about their money. And that's what I, I strive for. Um, I get caught up in also this world of trying to prove that, you know, I'm glamorous too. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't work. It's. I mean, my,
2: my town's a tough town. How is your town? Like, my town, the people are great, but they live very large. Like, in the summer, when everyone's kids go off to sleepaway camp, they are on yachts in Capri. They are um, at their, like, massive Southampton homes. They are just are living in, in my town. Up. But
3: my friends, know when, no. When we not went, not went to sleepaway camp, we were in yeah. my backyard getting wasted about an hour yeah. later. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, So you know what else also, like I grew up, this is, I guess, tied to like finances. I grew up, um, my dad gambled a lot. So every single weekend we'd be at a casino. Uh, So I lived at casinos and very curiously, my dad taught me how to gamble. Like he taught me every single detail about um, craps when I was probably like, 12 years old Mm -hmm. so I knew craps inside and out by the time I was 18 we used to go to the islands and and I would be gambling I was gambling when I was like 15 I had fake ID and so um I think that I developed this relationship with casinos you you saw me even during BravoCon like I do not want to gamble because there was so much like always tension between my parents when my dad would lose and it's so funny he would bet on sports also and when I was a kid my dad, I always thought if there was a broom outside my parents' room, it meant they were getting along and I never understood what it meant, but my dad would put a broom outside their bedroom when he swept his games. And it, I only knew that it meant that my parents were getting along. Wow. Yeah, they wow. were like like the money took over everything. It was crazy.
3: I love gambling. I love playing and not like blackjack. I'm not I can't keep up with that shit, but like wheel of fortune, like sitting there, but because there's this feeling, right? That like this quarter it changed my life. Yeah. And I mean, why do I want to change my life? I'm again, I have healthy children and I have food on the table, but it's that sort of feeling. And then of course, when I always do lose my money and then it's like the depression of that, right? But it's like such a high to yeah. me to like, yeah, put the quarter in that little slot and think, What right? All of a sudden now, like what if? What if? What if? I'm going to be
2: rich. I'm going to be rich. Oh my god!
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect.
2: We have a very interesting guest
3: today. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to this person. Me too. So her name is Nadine Macaluso. And you all may know her as the Duchess from a movie called The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, she was married to Jordan
2: Belfort, who was the infamous stockbroker who was immortalized in The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and Nadine met, and married him and suddenly was thrust into this like unbelievably wealthy life.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I love that movie. So uh, I guess she met him, at least in the movie, on a yacht. And then they bought this estate and he bought her yacht. It was called The Duchess and it was like so glamorous. And then the movie is about the downfall, right? So let's,
2: let's talk to her.
3: Yeah. Who
2: played her in the movie? The one that just played Barbie. Margaret Robbie. Oh, Margaret
3: Robbie. Yeah. She's so gorgeous. I mean, just like Nadine, actually. Yeah, she's gorgeous, just stunning, and she yes. has a
2: new book out. So we'll hear about everything. So, hang on, we're going to get Nadine on. Hi guys.
5: Hi, Hi. Nadine. It's so Hi. nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. My favorite New Jersey Housewives. Ah, well,
3: thank you for saying that. Well, well Nadine. We are so excited to have you on the show, and uh, first and foremost, we know that you have a new book that's out, and we've been doing our research, and it looks—we ha- I have not read it yet, but it looks amazing.
5: It's very exciting. I'm I'm actually in Los Angeles right now, so pardon my backgrounds, because um, I had my book launch party the last. Week. <gasps> ah, so
2: exciting! Congratulations!
5: So, so it's exciting. called
2: Run Like Hell.
5: What is it about? Here it goes. Ooh, pretty. So it's nice. all about trauma bonds. It's all about dysfunctional relationships. What is that? What is trauma bonds? A trauma bonds is a dysfunctional relationship between two people who are emotionally connected. And so one of the people is usually the abuser or perpetrator or gaslighter. And then the other one is victim to that and doesn't know that they're in it and thinks they're just madly in love, basically.
3: Sort Of relationship also with like a malignant narcissist, exactly,
5: like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, I lived through that myself.
3: <laughs> I'm guessing you're talking about Jordan Belfort, it's just a guess, yeah, just
5: a guess. Yes. Just yeah, a guess. yeah. Something so, like I lived that. through that myself. And, um, you know, at 39, I went back to school to become a doctor, right? Therapist, got my PhD, and I never thought I would go into that sort of expertise around that subject, but I saw so many bright, smart, beautiful women coming into my office and I was like, we have a problem. And so I just went back to the research and wrote the book.
3: Do you think, um, so we're talking right now about money, which is certainly relevant. Um, And one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on because clearly you lived with crazy amounts of money. I don't know what happened after you and Jordan... Separated, but the women that yeah. come to you and experience that kind of trauma, Bonnie, do you think that what draws them in a lot of times, and, and what maybe uh, the men use is is the money in terms yes. of like, yeah. yes, so yeah, and, and I guess that happened to you,
5: yeah, your you
3: experience,
5: yeah. So you know, I mean, I was 22 years old, I was modeling in the city, and my ex husband was 28 and uberly successful right? A self-made guy. So I really respected that. And I grew up poor in Brooklyn with a single mom. And so, you know, I wanted to have the nicer things in life. And also money represents power, right? And so it just does, especially in our society. And so we did fall madly in love, for sure. I mean, and yet, of course, the money was alluring. So
3: we were discussing, you know, having all of that money. And I've never had that kind of money. Well, what kind of money did you have?
2: Like, okay, what, what, what did you guys do?
5: Yeah. So, I mean, so, so when I first met him, you know, this is how crazy he was. Like, he would send his driver to my house with a Bulgari watch and $15,000 in cash. When you, you were a, first dating?
4: Yeah, just, 22. Just cash? Yeah, you have to
5: think, just cash, just for the fuck of it. I couldn't even spend it. I'd be running around shopping, buying my mother uh, like, a stereo, you know, back then, and um, stereo. Your stereo?
2: I love remember stereo. It was
5: and like it. that movie Brewster's
2: Millions. Do you remember that where he had to spend all the money? Yes.
5: yes. yes. Right. So <laughs> I, was, I didn't even know. Or you know, he would. He, he was so over the top with the love bombing. Right. Like, that's a big part of the love bombing is just spending and spending, and you know, getting me crazy jewelry, taking me to Cartier for a watch, and. Just, it just the money just seemed endless. And isn't, do you think that that was, I know
3: you, you've said you guys were madly in love, but yeah. experiencing that from where you had come from and all of a sudden to be, you know, put to have this glamorous world surrounding you. Oh, and it was It must wild. have, yeah. I yeah, and so. that's
5: one of the reasons why I put myself in therapy right away at 22, 23, because I was like, I don't know how to manage a staff you know, I mean, I had, then we moved to Long Island and at 24, I think I lived in a 10,000 square foot house. had to learn how to decorate it. Right. So I went to interior design school because I'm always trying to learn. And, you know, I I didn't know how to deal really with any of it. So, so that's why I went to school and learned. I went to like wine class, interior design school. I went to therapy. You have that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I remember like going on Vacation sometimes, even when I was younger, to places like, I don't know, St. Bart's. And I would look around and see these, all of these beautiful people in their white linen. (laughs) And, you know, they would have all the yachts. And I was there. I was looking at the same ocean. I was eating the same food, but I would feel like this is really not me.
5: This is not. Yeah. And also just feeling super insecure. Right. So having not experienced that before and me being a type A personality, you know, wanting to do it right, whatever that meant. Right. Right. And then of course, you know, he put it over the edge when he bought a 180 foot yacht. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Oh my God. So you were, you were vacationing on yachts. You lived in a, in a massive mansion. You had tons of jewelry. Were you, um,
5: happy? Was he good to you? You know, well, that's the thing about a trauma bond is there's something called intermittent abuse or intermittent reinforcement, meaning that you have these extreme experiences of love and love bombing and gifts and adoration, but then you also have extreme experiences of abuse and cruelty and control. Uh, So it's, it's the two, it's the two, it's the extremity of those two experiences that actually causes the bond.
2: And did you feel like you had to stay married to him so that you can keep this lifestyle? Were you terrorized by the thought of going back to not having money?
5: Yeah, for sure. And also, I loved him and we had children right away. And so I really wanted to make it work. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that that was a big piece of it for sure. For sure. Yeah. And the fear of, can I make it on my own?
3: Yeah. Right. Did you feel um, when you were surrounded by so much, um, because this is sort of what we've been talking about today, but did you feel happier? Did you feel... Um, no. You know, no. Well, that's right. We'll talk about that a little bit.
5: Yeah, no, I-, I don't think that money makes you happier. I think that it, you know, cu- not coming from not having money and then going into money, I think we've been fed this American dream or this American myth that money is going to make you happier. Now, yes, does it allow us certain freedoms and does it give us certain comforts? For sure, and yes. access many things. Mm-hmm. So, I would never deny that. But I don't think I think happiness is an inside job as a therapist, especially. And I don't think it made me happier. I think actually, what it did is it became a trap.
3: Right. I think that's so interesting. When you and Jordan broke up, were you still? wealthy? Did you, or did no. you, or your whole lifestyle change? I
5: walked, I walked away with nothing.
2: I purpose- So what happened? So he got, he got, you know, I saw the movie a very long time ago, so I don't really remember, but he got, yeah. um, he got arrested. He went to jail. He got arrested. He got, he went to jail, but you didn't file for divorce for a little while after that, right?
5: No. So what happened was that he got arrested for 11 counts of money laundering. And, and you were completely blindsided, completely blindsided. Okay. And then like that week I filed for divorce. I told okay. him we're getting divorced because he had an ankle bracelet on and I knew I was safe because he was a very scary person. Oh so I knew God. like now he's the government's problem. And so the government um, had us give I we gave up $10 million of all of our homes and everything we owned for his bail. I drove a million dollars worth of jewelry to the courthouse and said, take it all because I didn't want anything because it was all blood money.
3: How, um, I think that is, first of all, so admirable. I think that, um, you know, we can talk about a lot of examples of women that would not want to drive their jewelry uh, to the courthouse, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, if you watch The Housewives, there's, right. yeah, yeah, right, right. right. Talk yeah. about Beverly Hills, but
5: whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, but, that that but actually, anyway. actually out gets me very angry.
2: What, the Erica Jane Earrings
5: situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because well, I have a direct experience.
3: Yeah, but the blessing that you had enough wherewithal to know that that stuff wasn't bringing yeah. you happiness, right? I mean, I think Pleasant. that that's how how blessed are you? And I'm curious as to when you did get rid of all of that and you couldn't have been, it had been a hard time. You were divorcing your husband and your whole yeah. life was changing. But yeah. how much um, of you was affected by the fact that you were no longer a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever?
5: Yeah. You know, just like everything, it was a paradox. You know, I find that in life as I get older. I was, it felt freeing to give it up because right. it was such a trap. And then it, it, it it actually began to mean something terrible to me.
3: Jackie, you were just saying. Yeah, I was saying, I had the same, yeah. oh,
2: very, not to your degree, but um, I grew up like the first half of my childhood, um, very middle class. And then my parents yeah. made a lot of money and those were the worst years. They were the yeah. worst years Cause I was lonely. I was isolated. Yeah, I, exactly. my parents were fighting over the money. Then they ended up, you know, getting shut down by the IRS and they went to, oh, wow. you know, they had their own issues. So, so you had
5: your own trauma
2: around that. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. yeah. So after you got divorced, did you have the option of fighting for money or was there nothing left?
5: I, you know, I know many people that were in that same case that did go and fight for money. Um, I didn't, I didn't, Want that to be my plight in life? I was thirty-one. I had two little kids, and I had a maternity company at the time, so I had my own little business um, that I was kind of relying on. And it just, yeah, no, I was happy to give it up. And wow, I want to hang life. out. I, I'm
3: falling in love as we as we. No, I really am. Forget about that. That you're gorgeous, but also, which uh, is I know what. Oh, gosh, but anyway, you know. also. Um, just hearing this kind of knowledge and this kind of uh I don't know
4: um just that inner fortitude
3: yeah. and I love that hearing that with women and I love that you were even back then when you were so young, not as swayed by yeah. you know the money I love
5: that so
2: it's like going from how quickly did you go from everything? to you didn't go to nothing right but you went to like a very I went to very low yeah
5: yeah Yeah. I went to like where I was really worrying about money and how I was going to make money and I did oh wow and then Uh, uh, what was that like what was that like it was super scary it was super scary because you know when you're when I was that wealthy also I was supporting my whole family that's like another one of those traps that you get into And so it wasn't even just, wait, tell us
2: about that because they asked
5: you to, or you felt like that's what you should do. I think it was a bit of a combination of both. And, um, so I, so that was like another piece of it too. Like it was a lot, it wasn't just giving up for me. It was like, okay, now I'm not taking care of my parents anymore. And so, and then I had two little kids. So then I was like, okay, I can't take care of my parents. I got to worry about my two little kids because they're three and five. And so for about a year, I like I said, I was I had a maternity store in Roslyn, New York, and I had a catalog and a website. So I was working at that. And then as fate would have it, I fell in love on a blind date with a guy like a year and a half later who lives in California. And so then I picked my kids up and I moved to L.A. to just have let us all have a fresh start because I just didn't want them to live with the legacy. Now, little did I know my ex was going to write a book and make a movie. Right. All right. So tell right. us about that. So he he was in jail for how long? Because I know
2: that there are laws around like moving your kids across the country when the father is in one place.
5: Yeah. So you know, but luckily, what happens is when your ex is a criminal, <laughs> the judge have is a little more leeway. Yeah. Yeah. The judge was like, "Listen, your homes are getting taken from you. You're right. Your husband's a felon. Like you can move. Yeah. Actually, just yeah. saw the order in five minutes, and so I was allowed to move. But now in this
3: day and age, and I know obviously you're a doctor and you take care of yourself and you're also married. I don't know anything about your husband, but how attached are you now to things, to money, to wealth?
5: Well, you know, listen, I still like my nice things. I won't say, I won't like deny that, but as a 56 year old woman, I'm not that attached to it. I'm much more attached to wisdom and knowledge and having a moral compass and values and health. Again, that doesn't yeah. mean that I don't appreciate money now. But you have to remember, like when I grew up, I, I'm, I'm my, maybe I'm a little older than you guys. You know, it was um, I'm fifty-five. Pretty, okay, so it was Pretty Woman, right? It was Wall yes. Street. Greed is good. I mean, we were fed these yeah. messages about yes. Right. Yes, and yes I, we know, are. Gotten older and wiser to know about them. And I'm married for 24 years now. Uh, my husband and I. He had three children. I had two. We blended a family, and we had a modern day Brady Bunch. And so I picked up and moved to LA to start over. Right. I, I have I have a whole bunch of questions. Go ahead. What was
3: yours? We're just all over the place because I have, we have so much to ask you and okay. Ask so to so from you. First question. Before
2: we get into anything else, do you have any contact with Jordan today? How are the kids with him? Yes,
5: yes, I do. I do have contact with him. Uh, My children are 30 and 28. My daughter's a therapist and, um, you know, she just got married. She had a baby. So Jordan and I ironically actually got along pretty well afterwards. So you wrote this book? uh, You know, he, listen, my book isn't about him, but he certainly is the inspiration for it. And we've had our uh, struggles a little bit with, you know, me coming a lot on social media and telling my story. But, you know, like I said to him, you wrote a book, you made a movie. I also get to tell my narrative.
0: This is it. Your moment.
4: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: So I have a question. So for a very brief period of time in my twenties, I was a divorce lawyer. And one of the things that really, I was at a very high end park Avenue divorce firm And, um, I would have a lot of, we were very, uh, female heavy. So a lot of wives coming in and it would break my heart because you would have these women whose husbands were going on their third or fourth marriage, um, divorcing them as like their second or third wife. And they were just lost. They didn't know what to do with themselves now. And they were all kind of young and beautiful, but they gave up. They stopped working because they thought this was forever. And now they had no career and they had kids and now they had no money anymore. And they didn't. And, you know, like the partners would be like, you should look at, you know, getting a new job and getting your resume in order. And they were like, resume, like I haven't worked in 10 years and I have little kids. So what's your advice to any woman? I mean, because I know at my age, I see some of my friends' marriages dropping like flies. So like, what's your advice to a woman who gives up her career? to basically um, marry um, and raise kids and stay home. And then suddenly they don't want to be broke.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is so common. And thank you for bringing that up. Well, first of all, in a trauma bond, the number one thing that happens is you lose yourself. That is the number one symptom that happens. And so that comes along with a career even hobbies, even like, what do you authentically want to do? So what I always say, and you're facing your biggest fear for a lot of them, a lot of them will say, that's my cancer, Nadine, to me when I work with them about it. And the only thing you can do is to, you've always been so focused on this other person, is turn the mirror back on you, get really curious about you, and really finds out authentically what you want to do. I mean, I went back to school at thirty nine to become a therapist. So it is never too late to restart your life. That doesn't mean it's not scary and that doesn't mean that it's not hard, but they you certainly can do it.
3: Yeah. Nadine. You Here's a question. Do you watch The
5: Housewives? Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. Really? I watch, I watch every single one. I do deep Get docs. Out. Really? Do- oh, yeah. Really? Oh, wow. It's my guilty so- pleasure. I love okay.
2: it. It so, was how do you feel about the trend of like some new housewives coming in with like who are not wealthy, like the Monica on Salt Lake City, or like even some yeah. recent New Jersey housewives, or like some, um, I think, uh, like Gina on the OC, who yeah. I love. But like, how do you feel about that? Do you think that the housewives should
5: be this fairy tale about money, or should oh, it be I like have happened, on? Just like everything in life, it's good to have socioeconomic diversity yes. because women can relate to, to different types of women.
3: Well, I want to ask you how you think, and this is obviously there are a lot of housewives, but how do you think watching all of the different franchises? These, how do you think money affects uh, the women? Some of them have more, some of them have less. Do you feel like there's so much vying for um, attention? And I have this, and I have that, and every you know, it's a mic. The housewives is a microcosm of the of I feel like you yes. know the world we live in. But what do you think? Is, is really driving these women when it comes to money?
5: You mean, like, their desire to be on the show or and, like, become famous? Like, what do you think is behind
2: this, like, showing off things that you very often don't have?
3: Oh, yeah. Or even that you do have, the showing off period, like watching <laughs> yeah. them do that.
5: I mean, I, I never understood that, really, but I get, you know, I mean, listen, I can only think, that a lot of people place their personal value on the things that they have. So right. if they're wearing a Gucci belt, that means they're a value. But right. That's not true. <laughs> As right. because I, I discuss that in- yeah, Because everybody's yeah. worth love just for being born.
3: I discuss that in therapy all the time. And not just when it comes to money, right? When it comes to fame, I think a lot of housewives feel like they are, when they are at the top of their game, they're always afraid of losing it. And that causes misery. It. And then if they're at the bottom of their game and they've been demoted or, you know, yeah. even put on pause, that is a fe- that affects them. And the truth is, of course, that we're enough when we yes. are at the top of our game and we Words. are on it and we are the most popular housewife or when we are, you know, the yeah. one that's been recently fired. None of it really matters, right? It's, so, it's living yeah. in dignity and yeah, living in a place I, where you know you're enough.
5: And you can't, you know, this is what I work with all my patients on, you can't get your sense sense of worth totally from external validation. Right.
3: And I think so much of that happens on the housewife.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's a hard job to be a housewife. My hat's off to you guys. I mean, I could not do that. It takes- Yeah, well,
2: I'll tell you, I have these moments of real clarity, especially in the past few months where- Ever since everything that happened in Israel, and I'm Israel, my mother's from Israel, so I will have these moments where I'm like, nothing matters to me except being with my children right now. Like, you could take everything from me. The fact that I can sit next to my children while there are, you know, 130 plus people still being held hostage is like, uh, nothing else matters. You get
3: perspective, I think, unfortunately, sometimes also when bad things happen, right? Like, God forbid someone gets sick. The only thing, I just heard Michael Strahan say that. Yeah, his his, daughter has brain cancer. And he said, everything stopped. Of course, everything stopped. Of course, everything stopped. When somebody you love gets sick. But I guess that comes with perspective, right? right? So all of this stuff at the end of the day-
5: Doesn't matter. Means very little. Doesn't matter. And that's why I became a therapist because therapy saved my life. And what I love about therapy is you can't really get perspective unless you're reflective- Right, if you don't pause and think about like really what is important, what is making me happy? And and taking that time to do that is what gives us perspective. And it's the only thing, right? Like all this other
3: stuff, right? And all this other these feelings of grandiosity that I think um we fall victim to as people that have been on TV, it always fades and you're always left with, you know, you and, and being happy with Who you are outside of money? That's right. Outside of right, any kind of fame.
2: So how how are you now? Are you comfortable again? Are you? Do you ever wish that you could go back to some of that
5: grand lifestyle? Or are you completely content? I'm content. I mean, listen. Would it be fun to go on a yacht maybe for a weekend? Sure. But I'm content. You know, I my daughter just gave birth, and we have a six. Oh, wow, congratulations! Yeah, and we just spent like a quiet, simple Christmas in Boca with family, and it's calm, and there's no drama. And you know, I worked hard to have that life.
4: You know, yeah, that, emotion,
5: that emotional richness, right? That emotional intelligence, and all of that. Help. Just, I know I'm repeating myself, but all of that stuff
3: that you had and it didn't fill you up. And like, right. It's just, I, I wish that, you know, everybody, we could all agree that that all this stuff is so unnecessary, but I still work on my own desire. Can I ask you another question? Just your, your thoughts on this. I read an article in the New York post last week about
2: this new trend of the stay at home girlfriend. Have you heard about this?
5: No, please. It's
2: about women choosing to stay, Blow down their what was the exact words they used was they're choosing a softer life than the go-getter girl boss life. It's like they're oh. they're getting rid of the girl boss and they just want to go stay home, take care of their boyfriend, and take care of themselves so they could be their best self for their boyfriend. But in the meantime, they are not they don't there's no emphasis on marriage. So there's, um, there's no promise of financial security for you trading your career and your, you know, your future for the comfort of this person. What do you think oh. of that?
5: Hmm, well... <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the antithesis of who you are. So yeah, I mean, that
2: sounds good. They want to slow down and not buy into the whole girl boss thing, which I can see. That gets competitive too. That's That's nonsense,
5: girl boss shit. Yeah, I can understand that wanting a, a slower, softer, easier life. However, I do think you run into trouble when you get very focused on just your partner. And again, you can lose yourself in them. I think it's very important, especially as a woman, because we've been taught to be so relational, which is beautiful, but it's very important to still stay very connected to yourself. Like, that's what I work on with my women. How do you stay connected in your own power, in your own authenticity to yourself and still stay connected to another? Right. That's the balance. And you know what, there's, I don't think that it's. Black or white,
3: you don't have to be a girl boss. No. To yeah, and but but saying that, you know, the new way is to simply take care of someone else, and again, without marriage or any kind of, if you're going to give up everything, and that's the way you want to live, is just to you know make someone else happy that makes you happy. Well, you better be careful, yeah, because it's maybe it's there's potential that it might not work out. Yeah, and then that's what? Question for you. Um, Why do you think, I I personally signed a
2: prenup with Evan because I came into the marriage with a lot of my parents' money, which I don't spend my parents' money at all. But I had to protect that out of respect for them. He had absolutely no issue signing a prenup. He's in finance. He's made his own money. Right. Um, But I feel like prenups get such
5: a bad rap. And I think that they're so like, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not. Yeah, they're open, so no. I, I agree with you. I think they're so important okay. because marriage is a legal commitment, as we Why know. Why are people so against them? Like, what is the bad rap with them? It is, because it's like that fairy tale love thing, you know. But we know people fall out of love. We know we're living much longer. We know change is inevitable. No, I, I would not have signed one, I don't think. And um, I'll tell
3: you, because it's not about the. It's about romanticizing marriage. What? How many? What percentage is there? More than half marriages end in divorce. Yeah, yeah. right. But I think honestly, because of my own security and knowing that you know we were going to enter into this partnership yes. and I was going to be home taking care of the kids, kids and raising them, yeah. and Jeff was going to be bringing in you know the money and. So what did that? What would that look
2: like at the end of a marriage? So protect you, and this is the problem. I think that people think that a prenup is going to automatically work against the woman, but I think that you can actually make it work in your favor. You can
3: set up because if you leave it to the courts, different states have different rules on how much you're going to get. Yeah, if you're going to do uh, yes, that's true. So and you know, it's have you ever known a woman? Up. Have you ever known a woman to sign a prenup? Because she thought it would help her out in the end. I only know women that would sign a prenup because the man would demand that she sign the prenup. Do you? you, Do you, Nadine? Do you know women that have signed prenups because they wanted to?
5: No, but I think what Jackie's talking about is, I think, actually an interesting new way to look at prenups where it can protect both parties. You know, I love that. Parties came in and, like, really decided, like, mind yeah. intentionally, this is, if we did break up, this is how we would do it. So I yeah, think. Traditionally, it, I don't think that's been. I mean, traditionally, it has not been like that. Like, in my second marriage, I don't have a prenup. Um, right. but, you know, I came with nothing. So he didn't right. have to worry about that. Um, right. You know, and but the thing about one of the reasons why I wrote my book, too, is that I love this conversation, is that education is what empowers us. So having these conversations and talking about different concepts. Right. And then we get then we get to choose. Yeah, that's right. And we get to choose. Yeah. Well, listen, um,
3: after the show is over, I'll meet you for dinner (laughs) at what time? Because I'm obsessed
5: so i'm going yeah, I'm really, to new york next week <laughs> please let's get
1: together really yeah, we would yeah, love to stay I'm, in touch with you. you're to amazing
5: yeah i'm gonna do um good morning america and nbc so to promote my awesome. book amazing you know,
1: it was
2: such, such a pleasure meeting you and honestly i love your perspective good
5: away. Good away, thank and you so much i love thank you, you so love watching you thank you for entertaining me thank you nita uh, Bye. um she was amazing amazing yeah i loved her
3: and i i'm I was so taken with the fact that she was not so taken with the money. I mean, to go from, you know, being poor and then thrust into a world of glamor and luxury and still drive all your stuff right to the courthouse.
2: God, I can't imagine
3: how hard that is. Good for her. I don't think it sounded like it was that hard. I think she's very grounded. I mean, she, and I think that, A lot of people are not. When you get, you know, when you become that wealthy, you lose perspective. Yeah, That's why I think I I really just liked her. Well,
2: I think that the money didn't
3: bring her happiness. And when she saw that, it made it easier to give up. A lot of unhappy people that have money, though, still cling to it. Oh, yeah. Right? And listen, here's the truth of it. I'm not above any of that. I, I don't have what some people have. And I have more than other people have. But guess what? I think that if I, my lifestyle was about to change, I hope that I would. Be okay with that and be strong enough and say, I'm not getting, I'm not happy because I have a five bedroom colonial in Versado River. I could be happy in, you know, with, with much less.
2: Yeah, well, you know what? She also has um, Margot Robbie played her in a movie. So yeah. If there was a movie about me and Margot Robbie played me, I can back I can that. Like, yeah, well. because you know? that means that I'm pretty fucking gorgeous. No, so. yeah. fucking gorgeous. Aww. So um, this was so good it was it was really i loved hearing your like upbringing story i didn't know that about your dad really that's well yeah one of the
3: divorce clients that i had lived in that same trump building oh Oh, my god so i was in i moved to new york city after college and i was in acting school and at the time he had moved to dallas so he had like six months left on his lease so i moved in i lived lived in trump Tower. tower and i would have these like parties And the doormen were like, what the fuck? It would be like, you know, kids coming in, driving their bicycles, parking their bikes and bringing up like whatever, booze and paper bags. Yeah, That's That's another great example of like being there at that time, I think made me feel fed into this feeling that I was somehow special. You know, meanwhile, I was at that time in my life, like it fed into that. And yet at the same time, I was not happy at that point in my life. I was I was struggling with an eating disorder. And feeling less than in so many different areas of my life, you know, and um, not feeling good about myself, not feeling attractive, not feeling like I really knew what I wanted to do with my life. But that fed into that part of me, um, you know, that is attached to to money. I have this apartment I'm just as good as. I'm better than. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I was miserable. I'm so
2: glad that you found yourself. Thank you. Not completely. Not completely. Happy We're still laughing. searching. Happy and We're fine. Never too late. All right, guys. Well, we are so happy that you tuned in and leave us five stars if you love us.
3: Or don't. We just appreciate No,
2: it. don't tell them not to. Give us a fucking five stars. Do. do it. It's easy. Um, all right. So until next time, guys. Thank you so much. We are two Jersey days and we will see you next time. You guys. Bye.